Today is the last service of 2020. It, it's okay to clap your hands and be happy that we're saying goodbye now. We're looking backward over 2020. We're saying, see you later. No, hopefully we don't see you later. There have been times in 2020 where we felt like it would never end. We, we, we we're probably hoping 2021 will be different. But I have some questions for you. Questions such as, what is going to change? When will it change? Who is going to change it? And what does change look like? Because these are questions that we've been examining for the last four weeks of our Wednesday night services. And I pray, I really pray uh, that you have either been here, tuned in online. Please let me encourage you. If you have not watched them, they are archived. Go to YouTube. We have a YouTube channel, Refuge Church Online YouTube channel. We have Facebook. We have all of our archives on there. You can go to Spotify. You'll find archives there. You can go through our website. Please, I don't say this because I think I'm a great speaker and you need to hear me speak. I say this because God's given both me and my wife words. She spoke one week that if we really want true change in 2021, we have talked about the ways that true change will come. We've looked at how the only thing we can truly change and control is ourselves. Change in 2021 comes when we start to look at what we are consuming. We talked about that in week two. Week three, my wife talked all about true change only takes place with a life of prayer. And prayer doesn't happen just because when we feel like it, it's a life of commitments. When we say, I am committed to a lifestyle of prayer. And this past Wednesday, we looked at, I felt God gave me such a powerful word. And when you say that, please understand, it's not, a, it's, not a, it's not an arrogant thing to say. It's a powerful word from Scripture that it's one of the most powerful words about the word that I feel like I've ever preached because it was so enlightening about the word guiding us and instructing us and challenging us and encouraging us. So again, if you missed, if you're online and you missed these messages, you missed this series, or you're here, please go back and tune in because it will challenge you going into 2021. And if you're truly ready for change, listen to that. But even though we've been doing this series on Wednesday nights, well, our night of worship is done and, and, and is not going to be going on. And so today I actually want to wrap up this series that we've been doing on Wednesdays. Now, if you're here and you say, great, I missed Wednesday. I'm not going to get anything out of this. It's not like uh, trigonometry where it's built upon, you know, what you learned in algebra or math or addition. So you can still get something out of this. But I want to wrap up this series, I'm Ready for Change, with today. Don't stay silent. Don't, don't stay silent. And so we want to pray that God will speak because does he want to speak? Absolutely. He wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you watching online, listening. He wants to speak today. Lord Jesus, God, thank you so much for turning graves into gardens and bones into armies, God. What we just sang about is so, so foundationally based on Scripture. <clears throat> and God, I just pray 
that you would help us. Lord, I'm going to try my best to deliver your word, but my best isn't good enough. I need the supernatural anointing and the flow of your spirit, God. Your word is already powerful. I don't have to pray over your word, but I do want to pray that we would receive your word. And God, help me, speak through me so you would deliver your own word, God. And, and so I thank you for your presence and power today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Some of you didn't say amen. You're already being silent. And the title of the message is Don't Stay Silent. So how many, and everyone said, amen. Online, everyone said, Online, everyone typed. Amen. Is anyone typing amen? Are you serious? All right, there we go. We got a few? Okay, all right. Just want to make sure somebody's still watching. We just got done celebrating Christmas two days ago. Anybody have a decent Christmas? Anybody get a gift that you wanted? Anybody get a gift you didn't want? Anybody have some good food? Anybody gain weight? Yet to be determined, maybe. But Christmas is really a time of celebration. It always has been. Look at Luke 2. We read this recently, but I want to read it again. There, there were in the same country. And now if you're saying, he's going to preach about Christmas again. We just had Christmas. That, that was, just sit tight. We're not going to be on Christmas long. But there came in the same country... Shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, I behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. That is one of the verses that we fly past so fast and we have heard so many times. But can I tell you something? I am thankful for that verse. Where would we be without the verse that says, unto you is born this day a Savior? Where would we be without that verse? Thank you, Jesus. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And verse 13 is interesting. Suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. Could you imagine this picture? I mean, first of all, light shines about you. You're freaking out. You're scared. Don't be afraid. I'm an angel. I'm here to tell you some good news. Awesome. And then all of a sudden, the angel gets joined by a multitude of angels that are heavenly hosts that just begin to praise God with a chorus. Could you imagine? I mean, we have an awesome praise team. But, but I, I mean, I think they'd be the first to admit they're not angelic. I mean, my wife's as close as it gets. But imagine just this angelic host. Could you imagine what that would have felt like? Could you imagine? Have, have you ever been in a, in a powerful worship service where you start, your eyes start to well up with tears and you feel goosebumps and you just got to raise those hands and tears start streaming down your cheeks. You feel God so close and, and that music is so anointed and powerful. Imagine what that felt like. And now an angelic host is just, imagine what that would have felt like. And saying glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. 
See, we read that and we just think Christmas. But imagine you're the shepherd in this moment and there's an angelic host singing, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth, goodwill toward men. You'd have goosebumps covering your body from head to toe. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them, into heaven the shepherds said one to another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing which come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. Because a worship service often drives people to know Jesus more. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph, the babe, lying in the manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad, saying, uh, which was told to them concerning this child. And, and all that heard it wondered at those things that which were told by the shepherds. They weren't really well-respected individuals. They're like, yeah, okay. They were wondering, what's the shepherds, man? What they want? Yeah. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in their heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for what they had seen, for what they had experienced. They just watched the angels. And I think they kind of learned the lesson and said, hey, that's what worship looks like. I felt, no doubt, they felt something when that angelic host began to sing praises unto God, that something in them said, I want to do that again. I want to worship. I, I don't just need the angels. I want to worship God again. And when Jesus was born, that angelic host sang. And folks, when Jesus is in the midst, there should be songs of praise and worship. When Jesus is in the midst, there should be people that are saying, glory to God. Glory to God. I worship you, Lord. When the wise men came to King Herod, they saw a star in the sky. And they, we got to go find and worship Jesus. Because people who came into the presence of Jesus always felt in their heart the desire to come into his presence with worship. So they said, there's the star. We want to go worship. Because you don't enter into the presence of Jesus without worship. That's why we don't, it's not, it's not just tradition. We don't, oh yeah, apostolic services. Well, I don't know what else to do. We don't, we don't look at a schedule and go, well, do you just... I guess you just want to throw the music up first. Do you want to mix it up this Sunday? I mean, like, well, we always have to. We have to do the music first because it's our tradition. We've been doing that for so long. We can't change tradition. Listen, for those of you that know me, I've been here long enough. You know that I respect tradition, but tradition's not going to keep us from moving forward. Okay? So we don't just put music first just because it's tradition. But it's something about when I want to come with intentional, with an intentional approach to the, to the presence of God, I won't do it without worship. Yes, God's presence is absolutely everywhere. But when a group of believers says, I'm coming, or even online, I'm coming, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to begin to view this service, to participate in this service, I want to do so with worship. And let me just pause here. This is not, this is, I've been, I've watched online. I was in quarantine too, and it, and it stinks being in quarantine. So I feel you guys, okay? But I will say that part of the reason why we don't always get the full experience in a live stream is because people are not accustomed to worshiping in their house. The word is powerful. Right now, you can be tuned in and be engaged in the word, just like it's similar if you would be here in person. But at home, we're, we're, we're used to watching a screen for entertainment. And so what often happens in the house is we sit back and we watch the screen. 
And in church, we stand and we engage in that. Our arms are raised and we're singing and we're jumping up and down. We're dancing. Most people, that's not an indictment to anybody watching. I'm just saying it's something we need to be aware of. Most people watch the screen for entertainment and we're not accustomed to engaging in worship in the home. But that should change. I think that we need to be engaged in worship here and engaged in worship when I'm in my living room. I want, I want, I want my kids to see me worship. I want to I sing songs in my living room. If, if you're viewing online, we're, we're going to worship a little bit here in just a little bit. And if you're watching online, I invite you to engage in worship, to not watch the screen. And so Herod, the, Herod, he hears about the wise men talking like this, and he don't want anybody worshiping anybody else but him. And so God speaks to the wise men in a dream that when they go find Jesus and they, and they bring gifts, and, 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 and people say there's three wise men, and just because there was gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but we never read about how many wise men there were, but there were three gifts. And so they come, and God speaks to the wise men and says, don't return to Herod. Why? Because no doubt Herod would have killed Jesus and the wise men. He was, he was psychotic. Because you know what? Herod, he realized when the wise men went on and they duped him a little bit and he was just, he was so embarrassed, he took it out on the Jewish children and two years and younger, he killed every child less than two years. Killed every single one of them in Bethlehem. Not exactly the easiest environment to worship in. Herod's killing children. Jews are under Roman rule. Life is hard. We talked about it last week, paying taxes, traveling so you can, so you can be counted for your tax. Life was not exactly enjoyable for people of that time. Sure, it's been a tough year, but it still has not been nearly as tough it was to be a believer in the first century. But yet, in spite of all of this, we read about a continuing theme in the midst of Rome, in the midst of Herod, in the midst of killing children. I mean, imagine every two-year-old, two years and less, every two-year-old, less than two-year-old in your community is just killed tomorrow. Just because the, the governmental leader got mad about a, a Messiah that was born and somebody wanted to worship him, so he just wiped out everybody less than two. I mean, you think about that. Think about that. Killing every child less than two. What type, what type of community that would have been? But yet in spite of all of that, there's worship. There's worship. Worship in songs and angelic hosts and worship where God's people still prioritized worship. You see, 2020 has tested our resolve, not just as a nation, but even as believers at times. We have been disappointed, discouraged, plans canceled, sickness, fear, letdowns, wondering at times where God is. When will it all change? But in all of our waiting for change, and hoping things to look differently in 2021, we must not miss the constant biblical command to still be people of worship. People who, in spite of anything else that's going on, glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth and goodwill toward men. 
See, we must be people of worship because the crowd will always be around to judge. We will occasionally come across situations that look bleak. The future may feel uncertain at times. The present may seem like a constant challenge. But in times like this, if you want true change, and I think many of us do, we're ready for change in 2021. If you want true change, make the commitment to forever be a worshiper, a true worshiper that I will not stop worshiping no matter what's going on because true worship is never based on circumstance. I'll never forget he came and preached here, Brother Nubel recently, and he used to just dance himself covered head to toe in sweat. I mean, I'd walk in after a choir would sing. We had a big old choir and we'd get done and we'd take off our choir robes and I'd go use the restroom and he'd be there in, in the in the in the in the air dryer trying to dry his shirt off and he's just soaked i mean he would just he would just jump and dance himself just crazy and then he named his church apostolic worship center because he said i gotta get worship in there somewhere and i said to him i'll never forget when i was a young man i was in my teens and i said i said man i said i love it how you always feel like worshiping up there he said i don't feel like worshiping I was like, say what? You just soaked yourself in sweat, jumping up down, spinning circles, running around. What do you mean you don't feel like worshiping? He says, actually, in the majority of the time I come to church, I don't feel like worshiping. And that shook me up as a teenager. I was like, he said, I don't worship because I feel like worshiping. I worship because every time I come into the presence of God, he is worthy of my worship. And he said, I'm not going to come into a service where I don't worship with everything I have because I didn't feel like it that day. He said, it, it, my worship is not based on what I feel like in that moment. And that revolutionized my life as a young man. You see, anytime true worship needs only one thing, it's not a good night of sleep. It's not a hearty breakfast. It's not a healthy body. True worship needs one thing, and that is Jesus Christ to be in the midst. That's all you need. For true worship, when Jesus Christ is in the midst, I can worship. If I'm sitting, if I'm sick, if I'm, if I'm laying down, if, if, if I didn't get a good night of rest, if life didn't, if I just lost my job, if, I can still say, God, glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth and goodwill toward men. You see, just like King Herod did back in the time of Jesus, the enemy would still today, right now, the enemy would like nothing more than to silence the voices of anyone who is longing to bring Jesus praise. The enemy will use whatever means necessary to silence your voice from lifting it unto Jesus. Years after Herod in the Bible, we're still reading about people trying to get those who called on Jesus to just sit back, to just remain silent. Shh, 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 come on, just, just, just have a seat, just, shh, shh, just, just quiet. Luke 18, 35, as Jesus approached Jericho, a blind beggar was sitting beside the road. When he heard the noise of a crowd going past, imagine this, you're hopeless, you're blind, and that day, it, 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 you didn't have a lot of things like you have today. You, you're, you're just stuck. You're just, well, you just live out your existence. And so he's on the side of the road begging, he hears a crowd. But no doubt, he, his hearing works, so he heard about Jesus, probably heard some of the stories, and he hears that crowd, and he hears the buzz of the crowd and the excitement. So no doubt, he says, oh, oh man, man, I think, I think this might be Jesus. I've heard about this Jesus. And, and then they tell him, 
verse 37. Yeah, Jesus, the Nazarene, Jesus, he's, yeah, it's Jesus. And he's sitting there in his blindness and hopelessness. In verse 38, he begins shouting, Jesus! 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 Son of David! Jesus! Jesus! Son of David, have mercy on me! Jesus! Imagine you're healthy, things are going well, you're in the crowd, you're like, you guys making a scene? Jesus! Be quiet, the people yelled. Be quiet. People in front of him, shh, shush, be quiet. But what did he do? Son of David! Have mercy on me! Be quiet. Jesus! Hush your mouth. The man realized that Jesus Christ was in the midst and he was not about to let Jesus walk away without him crying out for him. Jesus was in the midst. How many times do you walk into this sanctuary? How many times do you sit watching a live stream in your house and Jesus is in your midst and you came to him with problems and issues and spiritual blindness and physical ailments and emotional needs and we just sit there waiting for him to do something but we're sitting on the side of the road and people are going, shh, quiet, just keep to yourself and we're willing to do it instead of saying no 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 you shh Jesus I need you Jesus son of David have mercy on me God how many times is Jesus in your midst and you're carrying your blindness out walking out the same way you came in because you were not willing to raise a voice you were not willing to make yourself look a little bit foolish you were not willing to say Jesus I need you I wonder what might happen this morning, right now, in your living room, in this sanctuary, if some people would begin to cry out to Jesus with a loud voice, where some people would set their pride aside, not care about anything that anyone else is doing. If your neighbor wants to sit with their arms crossed and roll their eyes at you and say, why don't you just have a seat? Why don't we just ignore that person and begin to cry out to Jesus. Say, God, if you're in the midst, I'm not going to let you walk away without shouting out your name, without crying out to you. Because if you choose not to heal me, that's fine. But I'm not going to go down without at least shouting and crying out to you, God. Oh, come on. Come on. Why don't we just pause there for a minute? Why don't we begin to just raise our voice? You're watching online. No doubt it's going to feel awkward and strange to begin to go, Jesus, Jesus, I need you right here in my bedroom, right here in my living room, right here in the kitchen.
Oh, certainly. No doubt that that man wasn't totally comfortable when the crowd started saying things. But something needs to shift in the church that says, I won't stay silent. I'm not going to stay silent. Not if Jesus is in the midst. Not if I'm in the presence of Jesus. I'm not going to just sit and be spiritually blind. I'm not going to carry a physical ailment. Oh, but you're in your living room. But that's just strange. Oh, you need to just be quiet in your living room. No, 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 no. Why don't you let your kids begin to hear my mom and dad cry out to Jesus. Why don't you let your kids begin to see your hands get raised right in the kitchen? Oh, we don't do that here. What do you mean we don't do that here? Jesus is here. If Jesus is here, you better believe we're going to cry out to him. Oh, yes. And guess what? And guess what begins to happen? Everybody else is saying, hush, quiet, sit down. But look at verse 40. When Jesus heard him, he stopped. He stopped the whole, the whole crowd. He stopped. And he brought him to him. And as a man came near, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? Why are you crying out? Why are you shouting my name? What do you want me to do? And the guy said, I just want to see. And Jesus said, all right, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus praising God and all who saw it praised God too I just got a question for you today we're trying to act all dignified and we're trying to act like we've been here before we don't want to embarrass ourselves I'm wondering how many people are sitting there with their arms crossed staring at you in your demonstrative worship and your craziness but when you get your miracle that very person who was just rolling their eyes at you telling you to shut up is the, is the same one that's going to be jumping with you going my God my God that person was just blind and now they can see now they can see I'm wondering if there's one person here that could begin to unlock the miraculous in this environment if they would just begin to worship with some crazy abandoned worship that begins to cry out to God that begins to shout his name in every Everybody else that's silent is going to be worshiping right along with you when the miracles, signs, and wonders start to happen. They all said, be quiet, hush your mouth, sit down. And that man said, no, 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 no. And he started what was probably one of the greatest worship services of the New Testament because he refused to stay silent. He said, no, no, I got a need. I'm in the presence of Jesus. I'm going to lift my voice until he hears me. As Jesus gets ready, I don't care if you stand or sit, as Jesus gets ready to make his triumphant entry into Jerusalem, it once again is time for praise and worship. But it was also a time where once again, the enemies are trying to silence the worshipers. Trying, it's just, it's like, it's a pattern in the Bible. Every time there's worship, shh, 
silence, shut, shh, shh, quiet, quiet, don't talk. Hey, the enemy will always try to silence the worshipers. Sometimes it's through distraction. Sometimes it's through discouragement. Hear me as I say that again. Sometimes the enemy will use distraction. Sometimes the enemy will use discouragement. Either way, I think the enemy's done a great job in 2020 because we've been distracted and discouraged. And many worshipers are silent because we're sitting there wondering, why am I blind? Why am I struggling? And Jesus is walking, and it was that easy. Jesus, Jesus, he said, you keep shouting for me. What do you need? I need, I just want to see. Okay, great. See, your faith has made you whole. Wow, that was really hard for Jesus. But I doubt he was going to stop and heal anybody if that person did not shout and call on his name. And so we go to Luke 19, 29, as he came to pass, the towns of Bethpage and Bethany and Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples ahead. He said, go get me a donkey. They're going to ask why you need it. Just say the master needs it. Go get me that donkey. And so in verse 35, they brought the colt to Jesus, threw their garments over him for him to ride on it. And as he rode along, the crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. And when he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all his believers, all his followers, they began to shout. They didn't go, Jesus, we worship you, Jesus. Jesus, we worship. You Pentecostals, you're crazy. You shout and dance. Yes, yes, we do things according to what we read in the Bible. It does not say that they just sang a pretty song. They, they literally began to shout. They began to shout. They began to raise their voice. And it says they began to shout and sing. Oh, music. There it is. Music and worship. They accompany each other again. And as they walked along, they were praising God for miracles. Blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven. Glory in highest heaven. Doesn't that sound familiar? It's like the angels taught us how to worship. We learn how to worship from the angels. They said, glory to God in the highest. There it is again. But some of the Pharisees said, teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. He replied, you're asking me to keep them quiet and shut their mouths. But if they kept quiet, the stones on the side of the road are going to start to worship me. So guess what? God's going to get worship one way or another. He's going to get worship from the stones he created, or he's going to get worship from the human beings he created. I want it to be the ladder. I don't want to have to have him go get the boulder that's out in the parking lot. I want him to look at his men and women in this place with voluntary praise and worship. There are some men, women, and children that begin to say glory to God in the highest. Praise the King of Kings. I raise my voice to you, O God. The enemy will try to get you to focus more. Hear me. The enemy is going to try to get you to focus more on the environment around you than the God who is with you. If I have learned any trick of the enemy in 2020, that is it. The enemy wants you more focused on the environment around you than the God who is with you. 
But there's only one time that I read about absolute silence in heaven, and it's in Revelation 8. God literally, they, they, they literally stop. The angel breaks the seventh seal, it's in, in, and now they're, getting, they're handed the seven trumpets. And the Bible says in Revelation 8 that for the period there is silence for heaven, about a half an hour, 30 minutes. That's, that's the only time that I can find in the Scripture where there's just absolute silence in heaven. Because why? What was on the agenda next was the seven trumpets to be released least on the earth, and there was going to be absolute destruction poured out upon the earth. That's what's coming in the last days in the end times. And so that's the only time I read that there's absolute silence. He says, here's the seal. My wrath is getting ready to be poured out upon the earth. We're not in a time of wrath right now, so there's no need for 30 minutes of silence in the church. Because other than those 30 minutes, I read about loud and exuberant worship with Jesus in the midst. Look at Revelation 7. I'm not even going to be much long. At Revelation 7, after this, I saw a vast crowd. John is writing about this. He says, it was too great to count that vast crowd. Every nation and tribe and people and language. I love that. Don't ever put me in no just white church, black church, Hispanic church, Native American church. Throw all that out the window. Put me in a multi cultural church where there's every nation, every tongue, every tribe, every people, every skin color. And he says, and they were shouting with a great roar. Salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. It did not say that they were going Everywhere you read, they're shouting. They're being obnoxious. They're raising their voice. If you're at home and you're still quiet, why? Why? Begin to shout. Begin to lift up the name of Jesus. They're shouting with a great roar. And all the angels, oh, there they are again. There they are again. Why? Because the angels taught us to worship. The angels show us how it's done. There they are again as God's people are worshiping. The angels worship right alongside of them. And they're throwing their crowns at the feet of the Lord. And in verse 12 they begin to sing amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor. I cannot wait to hear the heavenly choir begin to sing when I get to heaven. I cannot wait. I wonder who directs it. I wonder who directs it. I wonder if Jesus just sits on the throne and the angels gather around and we get to be a part of the greatest worship service that we have ever seen where we begin to experience maybe that's why we need a glorified body because our human bodies won't even be able to contain the power and the anointing that we feel as the angels begin to worship. On earth worship is in the presence of Jesus. In heaven there is worship in the presence of Jesus. Your situation cannot determine your worship. Your job cannot determine your worship. The vaccine and its timing cannot determine your worship. Whether COVID-19 and fear cannot determine your worship. Who's serving in the White House or on Capitol Hill cannot determine your worship. The car you drive and the house you live in cannot determine your worship. One thing and one thing alone needs to determine your worship. And that is, am I in the the presence of Jesus.
You want true change in 2021? Be a worshiper. It don't matter what happens. Well, what if it continues? I'm going to be a worshiper. But what if it, I'm going to be a worshiper. But I just don't know. I'm going to be a worshiper. Because if we determine to be a worshiper, that says, God, you're always in control. Oh, there's such power. And I'm, I'm just about done. Get, get that video ready. We're about to watch a, a video to close this out. Sure, worship is a lifestyle. It's a mindset. But don't use that as a cop-out. Oh, I'm just more of a worshiper about my life. I, I'm just more of a worshiper with the way I carry my... You're, you're right. You should carry yourself. Everything we do is worship. What we wear is worship. What we listen to is worship. Where we go, how we carry ourselves. Worship is a lifestyle. It's not a set of songs on a Sunday. It worships a lifestyle. But don't use that as a cop-out that when worship begins, we read too much about angels and in human beings and on earth and in heaven beginning to shout beginning to sing and, and so don't just be a worship oh, i'm worshiping in my mind i don't i don't see that that's not in scripture we just don't read about that whenever there was worship there was demonstrative dem demonstration there was a voice there was that god gave you that tongue that tongue that he uses to, to to be the sign that he's filled you with his spirit so we use that tongue to begin to praise him and to begin to exalt him and so i just wonder if sometimes god God doesn't step in and do something because we're willing to stay seated on the side of the road. We're not going to make ourselves look foolish. We don't want anybody to think that, that we have that great of a need. Listen, if I have a need, you better believe I'm going to say, Jesus, son of David, Lord, I know you're in my midst and I need you. Miracles happen when the child of God begins to raise his or her voice. Demons flee when the believer begins to shout with a voice of triumph. Something happens when the enemy tries to force the believer to stay silent, but the believer fights back and begins to shout even louder. I end today by you joining me, and this is the last thing I'm doing, by watching a six-minute video clip of Brother Lee Stone King speaking to thousands and thousands of apostolic young people at Indianapolis Stadium where the uh, and Indianapolis Colts play. It was 2019, and some of you were there. This was Youth Congress, and it was one of the most powerful and sustained moments of the Spirit that I've ever been a part of. Brother Aaron Bounds, a pastor in Ohio, was finishing up his message. He invited Brother Stone King to come up and make closing comments. Brother Bounds said, Brother Stone King is going to impart something to this generation. And I, I never talked to Brother Bounds, but I would venture to think that Brother Bounds did not see Brother Stone King doing this direction. Because Brother, Brother Stone King did not pray for mantles and callings and ministries and anointing. He didn't pray about any of that. He instead began to talk to the young people about the power they have in worship when they raise their voice to God. How many of you love Brother Stone King? He and I preached a youth camp together. And I watched how much he loved them. He said, Lord, why did you let me live? After he had been dead for 45 minutes. And the Lord said, because I want you to impart to this next generation what I have given you. And tonight, that's going to happen. How many of you want it? How many of you want it?
miracles are going to take place all over this building in just a few moments. But also, God is going to give you the authority and the power to lay hands on the sick yourself. And God's going to use you mightily to bring a revival to North America. Would you welcome our elder? Would you welcome our elder for the least of king as he comes to impart this spirit of unity? There is a limited potential in this auditorium. God spoke to me just about 30 minutes ago and told me that if you would do a certain thing, that he would totally deliver you from all fear and inhibitions. I'm not sure I understand this, but in the Old Testament, people would shout at the command of God and walls would come down. Enemies would be discomfited. Battles would become one. And I thought to myself, what is it about shouting that would cause such a tremendous manifestation of power? With a little study, I found out that there is something about the human voice that when it shouts, it shreds the air. The devil is the prince and power of the air. So I understand then that if the people of God He's going to play this. Listen. Listen to how long this goes on. Turn up the volume for this. are watching online and you've never began to worship Jesus with your voices raised. You've never actually began to shout on his name. I'm telling you, begin to do so right now. It might feel uncomfortable for a minute. Begin to do so right now. Let this video keep playing. Just begin to shout. Begin to raise your voice. You maybe have never done it before, but I'm telling you, something's about to happen in the spiritual climate, in the atmosphere, as you begin to cry out to him. Begin to raise your voice to him. You're in the presence of Jesus. Don't let him leave without crying out, Jesus, thou son of David. Oh, begin to worship. Begin to shout right now.
bedroom, begin to shout right in your house. Make your home a place of worship. Shred the air. 